Ron Flatter? Yes. Yeah. This is the sound that, that I want ringing in my ears. Call to the post, everybody. All right, Ron, you're off. <laughs> or you're, you're on, actually. How are I, you, man? I, I thought you were going to want me to give you the... <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Ron Flatter, who covers horse racing and has a podcast. I was even on his horse racing podcast, but I should be. I'm a horsing... Horse racing genius. Well, did you talk about that bet that yeah, you Yeah, that's why I was had? on. Is that why you were to on? To talk about my, my superfecta that never happened. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> so now, Ron, obviously, horses, horse racing is still going on in many places. Yeah. And the Derby and all these other races are still going to go later in the season. That is that the latest? They're going to still try to run the, the obviously, the Derby, the Belmont. And the Belmont, the Preakness and the Belmont, obviously, in that order. That's still planned down the road, right? Yeah, except we just don't know the order. Uh, I mean, the Derby is set for September 5th, and whether they'll be able to get fans in a Churchill Downs is another matter. But the Preakness and Belmont stakes are very much up in the air. Uh, the, the Preakness is supposed to be May 16th. They know they're not going to have it. Then we don't know when they'll have it. Uh, the Belmont stakes hasn't been formally postponed which suggests that maybe they're holding out hope that they can still go early in June, which would be rather weird. you got these three-year-old horses that have never gone longer than a mile and an eighth, and you're going to suddenly skip over the mile and a quarter of the derby to get them to go a mile and a half. I'll believe that when I see it. But I think what's going to happen is you know, they're going to pivot around the derby somehow and then figure it out from there. Now, all of the... Uh you know, the races that precede it, the ones where we determine who the entries are. The Derby are, prep races. The prep yeah. races, all the ones that we know about. Like the Arkansas Derby. Yeah, some of those are going on. And so there is a preliminary Derby field, but how are they going to figure that out if we don't run all the prep races? Well, they're going to try and make some of them up, like the Santa Anita Derby was supposed to have happened by now, and if they can get Santa Anita reopened somehow, which is a complicated story in and of itself, they might rerun the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, the same thing applies in New York. Maybe they'll run the Wood Memorial, not at Aqueduct, but maybe at Belmont Park as a prep. Then they'll create some prep races in the summer that are traditional dates in the summer and then make those preps for the Derby, like maybe the Haskell in New Jersey or the Travers. They'll move that up at Saratoga and use those as prep races. But you talked about the Arkansas Derby, and they're running that on Saturday, and so many horses were entered into that. They actually created two races out of it. So there'll be two Arkansas Derbies on Saturday at Oaklawn Park, and the winner of each one of those will probably get into the Kentucky Derby. Wow, I did not know that. We're going to have action. Harry's going to be on the golf course, and I'll be on TVG looking for doubleheader Arkansas Derby action. It's never happened before, right? <laughs> uh, not for the Arkansas Derby. We've had split uh, races before. We had the Risen Star earlier this year which was a split field because that was overloaded before we got into the whole pandemic thing. And so now basically horses don't have anywhere to run for high stakes. And so th that's why they're all converging on the Arkansas Derby, which normally would have been three or four weeks ago, but they moved it in to fill the void for the Kentucky Derby. So it's going to be a big racing day, even though there won't be any fans there. Now, when you're sitting out there in Vegas where the city is still closed, even though the mayor yeah. out there wants everything opened and they're not, uh, they're still – 
people are well people are are there people sitting in the casino betting on the horses or do they have to do it all from home on TVG? Well, that, that, it gets even more complicated here in Nevada. Those advanced deposit wagering platforms like ExpressBet and TVG and Twinspires and all those, they're illegal here. Wow. Now, there's there's ways around that, but I, but Tony, if I told you, you have to kill I'm, me. Well, you you might have to kill me, and then <laughs> and then then I kill you, which would which would really give us into a whole new continuum of time and space. So yeah, you can't then you can't go to the casinos. Right. So you're pretty much locked. I mean, here it is, Nevada, the the capital of gambling, and you can't bet on horses from here. Uh, that's a whole other thing. If you got, you know, we could do a whole podcast on how Nevada is very unfriendly to horse players. So, uh, yeah, you can go run over state lines. You know, you run past Prim, get into California, and then you can use all those apps, you know, drive 30 miles just to, to get down a bet. And not that I be, would be prone to, you know, being such a degenerate that I would do that, but well, maybe I would do that. Well, so, if you drive out to Prim, I mean, all those stores are closed now. Didn't that whole thing shut down, that the Prim area, that used to be the one you drove from California to Vegas. Yeah. Prim was one of those cheaper places to stop. You can buy stuff. Is that in you California? Can, no, yeah, it's in the California yeah, okay. law sign. Right before you no, get... It's the, it, yeah, it's on the Nevada side. That's oh, the Nevada. first place you can gamble. But, oh. that, but like the, the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and all that are open, and that's about it. Wow. Right. But if you go to the other side, in the California side, there's really right. nothing there, except you want to go to the big thermometer out in the middle of the desert. But I don't think you could bet it, it, there. Yeah, no, that that would be no. You can't do that. What is that, Baker? So, but but actually, no. But if you have the app, uh, the app, and your phone knows that you're in California, then you can make the bet. So that's why you drive there to do it. It's the same thing like everyone's doing in New York, so that they can gamble. They run over. They get you know they get on. Uh, they go to Penn Station, and and get onto the uh, New Jersey Transit. Go over to Sea Caucus. Once they cross the Hudson River, they can use their apps and gamble. Then they turn right around and come right back. Well, that's what we were doing here in Pennsylvania because mm-hmm. New Jersey had all the stuff going on. You had to bet to go. You had to drive to New Jersey over the bridges to bet on mm-hmm. sports, and then finally Pennsylvania got its license, and then Indiana's finally on board. And so we're starting to see it. But the thing that's interesting to me is the the, the, the restrictions on horse racing. That's the one that's crazy. I get you can't bet on other states, but horse racing you're betting in the whole country. I can sit and watch TVG and bet everything except stuff. Well, 41 states, I believe, right? TVG, you can bet on horses in those different states. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I want to say 43, but you may be right. I mean, it's in the 40s, yeah. So why, why, Ron Flatter, why, 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 why can't you solve a problem like Maria? Why can't you <laughs> grab a cloud and pin it down? <laughs> why can't you hold a moonbeam in your hand? How this can you and Brent Musburger, Brent Musburger, one of the most powerful guys in sports, can't get this fixed? We can't even get we can't even get the Dodgers on TV here. Well, when they're actually playing, you can't get the blackout flipped. If you can't get it done for baseball, you think he's going to get it done for horse racing? It's an I mean, no, but then in all seriousness, that that's part of the problem here. It gets, you got all these different states having all their different rules, and that's what we're starting to see. That's been a problem in horse racing, or in some ways, it's been a good thing. Because maybe if not for that, we wouldn't have any places having horse racing right now if the federal government was putting its big foot down on something. But the same thing's going to happen in in sports gambling, that the rules in one state won't be the rules in another. And then there'll be this hue and cry to have one set of rules, but careful what you wish for, because they could be more strict than what we have right now. So that's why you have that situation where 
you can bet in one state on horses, but you can't bet in the next. So how does a guy like Brent Musburger, a good friend of both of ours, and obviously at VSIN out there, you know, a guy who loves sports betting, does a show inside a casino where there's sports betting. In fact, there's two sides. One side's the horse racing betting, mm-hmm. and the other side's all the other sports. I mean, it is a mecca. You want to bet on horses, you go on one side of the casino, you go on the other side if you want to bet on the other sports. How the hell can that happen? How do you bet on anything in Vegas now, the betting capital, as you mentioned, of the world? Well, the, the places that have apps where you can have the account and you, you opened your account with casino apps, for instance, at William Hill or at Circus Sports, Caesars, BetMGM, mm-hmm. places like those where you were able to establish an account mm-hmm. and you can use your electronic banking to go ahead and make deposits into that account, or hopefully, you know, you just withdraw from your winnings. A guy like you, Tony, would just withdraw from your yeah, winnings. Exactly. Right. Yeah, But that's how you do it. And so if you have an established account, you can go ahead and continue gambling. And that's, you know, certainly what I've been able to do because, you know, I've been making a fortune on Russian ping pong uh, and, and on Korean baseball. So uh, with that, you can go ahead and still gamble if you already have an account established. The problem is if you're new and you want to start an account, you generally have to sign up in person, and you can't do that. Now, the Westgate's going to reopen its uh, mobile app on May 7th and perhaps have ways that you can then sign up for it. Uh, I'm waiting to see how that's going to shake out. But this could be that gradual reopening of everything. That could be the first step. So he's betting on Korean baseball. Now, Ron, <laughs> yeah. does, that give you, does that give you optimism that it is eventually going to become a baseball season here sometime this summer, like the, the plan we were talking about just before we brought you on, like possibly July 4th? I'm optimistic. I don't know anything more than you guys do. Right. And if I'm listening to you guys, how much do I really know? <laughs> you know what, what are you talking about, wow. man? Wow. I taught you well, everything I knew. Why do you think you got hired burn. in Australia? <laughs> Why do you think you became like the voice of Australia in the United States of America well, all those years? Well, because you taught me years ago, Tony, that I am not one to take shots at people. This is what you taught me. <laughs> not my style. Not my style to rip. Not never you, been. Not my style. Yeah, exactly. It's never That's been my you style. Me all these years ago. Yeah. I just, just make observations. He just I makes observations. I just, it's called observations. It's like people say it's a take. No, it's not. It's an opinion. That's what they're called. Now they're takes. They used to be opinions, and then I give observations. Now they're hot takes. Well, hot yeah, depends yeah. on how hot yeah. they are. So what are you doing living in Vegas? This has got to be the tough time in the history of Las Vegas to live in Las Vegas. Is it not? Uh, well, it is. I mean, I, right as this whole thing was starting where we were all getting quarantined, I saw some video of like a family of ducks walking down the Las Vegas Strip <laughs> uh, without even getting interrupted. They just, this, you know, mama duck and the baby ducklings were walking down the Las Vegas Strip and and, and not being interrupted. Could you imagine that happening in the middle of, like, normal times here? I mean, that's what it's come to. You can't cross the Vegas Strip at 3 a.m. without getting run over. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And sometimes you come out of the casino and the only thing you have left is baby ducks. That's about the only thing you'd have going. But now it's like tumbleweeds are going to be blowing through there. But but this is the thing I keep saying. It's like we all have this now. I think the problem in Vegas is we all knew what it was beforehand, and now, I've, but everybody is a ghost town at this point. So, wow. yeah. But here's the thing I wonder about. 
how fast will the switch be turned back on Mm -hmm. so that, you know, the old thing about what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, there's nothing happening here, so there's nothing to stay. So now I'm just wondering how fast it will get turned back on and what some of these casinos and hotels will be doing to try to attract people back. Because remember, there was a lot of complaining right before all the closures. And when I say right before, probably for about five or ten years about all the fees that were being added on to hotel rooms, mm-hmm. the resort fees that would get hidden, and then all of a sudden you pay your bill. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought it was like a $50 room. Now it's 150 The free parking that's not free anymore. Everything had a fee attached to it. I'm going to be very interested to see how many of those fees are still going to be there in an effort to try to attract the business that these places used to have. Well, I know, uh, Ron, that the, the city really just uh, loved – immediately the Las Vegas Golden Knights. What is the buzz for the Raiders coming there soon? Well, it was tremendous up until all this happened. Now, the draft was going to be a big boon to that whole thing, and the Mm -hmm. fact that the draft didn't happen here just took a lot of the wind out of the sails. The stadium's gone up. In fact, if anything, I think the the stadium site uh, got a little bit more efficiently put together, although I think they did have one positive test there. Uh, not too terribly long ago. But the stadium has been right on schedule and is going to be ready to go. The question is, will they be able to put anybody in it? So I think this takes a lot of the wind out of the sails, but the the expectations were great, and the fact that you could come in and see NFL football in here, uh, it, I likened it to what happens when you go to these places uh, where, well, let's say like a Los Angeles where everybody's from somewhere else, so there's already a fan base for every team to begin with. With Las Vegas, people would be flying in to get here just because they'd want to come to Las Vegas to see their favorite team in a road game. We certainly saw that with NHL teams coming in, particularly from Canada, where folks up there were so sick of their winners they couldn't wait to get down here to see their hockey team visit the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The problem was it got very difficult for them to get seats, because the Knights were winners so quickly that the locals were gobbling up the seats. And then those road teams would get the Vegas flu, and then everybody bet against them in the next game. Exactly. (laughs) That's true. I think the Vegas flu works around the NFL no matter where you go year-round. I mean, you're only playing once a week. You come Mm -hmm. into a town, and you you can find trouble wherever you want. It's just a little bit easier in Vegas. Exactly right. And the interesting thing about that, that stadium, I mean, where we see shots of it's it. It's really cool looking. It looks beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on inside, but it looks like the outside's all done. I mean, they still have some landscaping. I may go out there and help them with the landscaping, yeah. get the grass down, the, the sod and stuff, and maybe help with the ground crew. Some and, palm trees yeah, or something. Yeah, some palm trees, swimming pools, movie stars, <laughs> and the whole bit. The great Ron Flatter keeping us up to date on our favorite place, Harry. It's Vegas, baby! Vegas! Unbelievable, man. <laughs> Ron, cash him, don't trash him, my friend. I don't know how you can do it. What was At least th- the weather's nice out there now. Yeah, it is. It's getting warm, too. It's getting warm. By the way, you're on the Dan Patrick channel now, right? So, Is that breaking news? Wait a minute. Is that just in? <laughs> no, no, no. Here's, here's the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the bottle just washed ashore here, Tony. Uh, no, no. Here's the great thing. And, and, and if you ever, you know, if Dan will, you know, go ahead and, and, and show up, you know, every once in a while, just remind him that you just had on today, the worst producer ever in the history of his radio show. That was me, the six weeks that I was producer of that show. No worse producer in the history of that show than, than me. So I have that claim to fame. Now, did he Dan call Patrick. you? Is that, you, is that self-described, or is that what Dan called you? 
a thousand percent self-described, but I, uh, but I would be, I would say it's odds on that Dan would agree with it. <laughs> we had Dan on last week. I should have asked him about you, but I didn't want to get into the negative stuff. You know, right, it's all right. about positivity on the show, as you know. Absolutely. Here we go, Ron. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Flatter, ladies and gentlemen, Wait. follow him. V-S-I-N, at Ron Flatter with two T's. And don't flatter him. He knows his horses. Charlatan or Governor Morris in that Arkansas Derby? Um, who did I pick? Not, I think I'm going to go with none of the above in that particular one. Uh, that's, the, uh, that's the second division, the, the late race. Uh, i got to find it. What did I say here? Yeah, oh, I, I well, want winners here. I didn't even ask you for winners. You're pimping the Arkansas Double Derby, and you didn't give me one lock. All right. Wells Bayou, Wells Bayou and Silver Prospector to try to beat Nadal in the second division. Not Rafael Nadal. No, not Rafa. Name for for Rafael Nadal. Mm -hmm. But but the first division, that's going to be Charlatan. He should win it in a walk. And if you're playing, uh, I'll pick three. That's the one you single. But the the late race, Wells Bayou and Silver Prospector are the two I I would look at to try to beat Nadal. Okay. You know, everybody's writing that down right now. You know why? Because there's nothing because else. Because we got horse racing fever right now. <laughs> there's nothing else. Forget the coronavirus. My temperature's rising when I smell the horses and I see and I hear the call to the post. And I hear, and down the stretch they come. <laughs> you're, you're just throbbing with excitement, right, Tony? Yeah, you got that right, pal. Ron Flatter, ladies and gentlemen. Ron, good to All talk right. to you, man. Thanks for popping right. on with us. Thanks, Ron. Tony Harry, thanks much.